Hey everyone, my name is Jeff Sherrod. Uh, we are here at the ABHE conference in Orlando, Florida, doing an episode of College Conversations. Really excited to be here with you guys and experience this conference. It's uh, well, we'll talk a little bit about it in this episode, what we're doing here and some of the major takeaways and some of the things that we've- Yes, there's 76 annual 76, conference. yeah. This is one of the um, original accreditors actually for the United States uh, when, when the regional accreditors- Yeah, not on. like just Christian accreditors, like accreditors. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool. And accreditation, you know, I will, maybe I'll just say it real fast before we do introductions. It, it is a process. It's a peer to peer process where schools kind of get together and they make decisions about how mutual improvement is important and how they can improve in that way. It is different in the American model than the European model in that it's not just government regulators that say what schools are supposed to do, mm -hmm. but it's a peer instituted thing to say, this is what we want to be about. And so for especially biblical education schools, this is really important um, because we want to say together, you know, what are we doing? So, so yeah. a bunch of standards were established and those, those standards were established to keep accountable those higher learning institutions to what then the association would say is an an acceptable way of being your school. Right. So like these are like minimum standards that every school, despite their distinctiveness, has to attain to. Yeah, exactly right. So, and, and I think they do a good job of not being, you know, what we say is like overly prescriptive. They're not trying to say right. to dictate the mission of a school, but they're Correct. saying, you know, figure out your mission. And then within that, here are some parameters that you need to make sure you're paying attention to. <laughs> right. 162 parameters. Uh, quite a few parameters, yeah. <laughs> make sure you're doing uh, we have some guests here, so I'd love to introduce them as they're here. I'm going to start on this side with uh, Miss Heather Mowdy. Tell us who you are. And what Hi, um, I'm Heather Mowdy, and I work for Genovations Consulting, and I do human resources. So I'm an HR specialist. Um, I was a Bible student first before yes, I became yes. an HR specialist. Uh, so <laughs> that's really where my heart is. So that's why I'm enjoying And you guys this. have a, a booth here in the exhibit. Yeah, we do. I've gotten to meet some wonderful people there. And um you know, get to see people come by, presidents. I mean, anybody, anybody that wants to come by. Have you met, are, are there, are there a lot of HR directors? Cause I met one HR director today from actually Dr. Marty's school. She was, I, I was like, Hey, what's your name? She's like, my name is Terry. I was like, that's awesome. What school are you at? She's like, well, it's a small school, LABI. I'm like, Dr. Marty. <laughs> and she's like, you know him? I love like, that. Yeah. yeah but we, had, we had him on in a previous episode. Yeah. yeah. She, but, but she's actually the director of HR, but she's like the only director of HR. I haven't met I, any directors of HR. And, and the people I've talked to said their HR has mostly fallen under their CFO function. Which traditionally it does, yes. right? But are, are most people telling you that it's not outsourced? Um, most people that I've spoken with have don't have an HR department. And they say, you know, oh, wow. they would like some help. <laughs> what becomes really interesting to me, having sat in a lot of, because at this conference, there are different sessions on a variety of topics. Mm -hmm. And I tend to go to the ones that um, have to do with my position as president at the school. And we often get invited into HR conversations. And I'm always so surprised as to what we have to go over and how how um, enlightened people seem to be at very basic things such as categorizing an employee mm. versus a contractor or or ensuring that someone is indeed exempt rather than non-exempt and what you do with one versus the other. It, it's always surprising to me at these most basic elements. You, mm. you have CFOs and others going, oh, oh. Yeah, especially with the legal implications. Oh, yeah, yeah. especially when you're a, an institution that's going to be receiving federal funding for what it is. Well, and I'd imagine they're dealing with all kinds of other compliance issues that require a lot of headspace. And, right, you yeah. know, diving into the HR world is, is a, a whole other thing. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to put on any 
any person that because CFOs they they are traditionally responsible for the HR elements, but also even facilities elements. Mm -hmm. There is a lot to their job. I, it's it's interesting if um, people don't have an HR staff and they're still not really outsourcing. But right. you know, I disrupted your introduction there. I'm really sorry, but <laughs> oh. it's uh, I it's totally forgot good HR stuff. And I'm Greg Garner. And who are you, man? I am Jennifer Niago. I'm the director of community and student life at the Institute for GOD International. Yes. Yeah. I actually just came from a uh, session that was evaluating, it was a discussion on the essential elements uh, related to, I think it's standards seven and eight, which is enrollment management and student services. And that was really interesting, something that I've appreciated about uh, the process that the ABHE has all the schools undergo is keeping them accountable to, you know, a standard that would at least give some accountability for the kind of services that they're offering to people that are wanting to learn God's Word or go through a certain program. Uh, but I got to participate on that task force to suggest some different changes that maybe can streamline uh, what's being expected of schools and what they have to report on. Uh, so that was fun. That, that was a fun. new experience what for me. Was like, what was like something? Um, well, what was something? What was something? Let me, let me tell you what something was. Uh, something was related to retention. Previously, on the current standards, uh, retention is a topic that falls under enrollment student management. Retention, employee retention, student, student retention. retention. Yeah, good clarification there. Uh, student retention, and it typically right now it currently falls under uh, enrollment management. And we made the suggestion uh, on the task force that we move it over under student services. Um, because it, it is something that in relation to student services, they kind of go hand in hand. If your student services aren't up to par mm -hmm. or meeting the needs of your students, your student retention is going to take a deep nosedive. Uh, and so, yeah, that was one of the suggestions that we made, and yeah. it was well-received in the discussion. So mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. It's, yeah. it's not automatically approved. It's, it goes through a whole process. It's going to take at least another year before they actually give us word on what they've received and approved and what they're going to incorporate and what they're going to change. So yeah. we'll I, was on, I was on a similar committee for academics. Okay, Went yeah. through the whole thing and made That's suggestions. Right. And I tried to answer that question too. I was like, all right, we, so we have 162 things. Right. Yeah. Like, do we need those? Yeah, really. You know, like <laughs> if we're saying essential, let's make sure it's really essential. <laughs> yeah. And some of these things are. Yeah, because they, they indeed say essential. That's yeah. Really, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that is something that should be routinely tested over right. time with the key players. Uh, something at the conference I think is worth noting is that you have some seminars that are catered towards informing people of things that are kind of on trend, like what what's down the pipeline mm -hmm. for um, schools. But then there are quite a few that are on compliance considerations. Right. And I think um, not a lot of people are privy to the compliance aspect of uh, running a collegiate institution. And I, and I bet if any students are listening to this, right. that's, that's <laughs> definitely not like yeah. on their, their, their list of considerations right. for a school. Yeah. But it, it does take, as you mentioned earlier, Heather, a lot of headspace yeah. from people with regard to the ever-changing landscape that exists in the education space, particularly coming from like the Department of Education. Mm -hmm. And um, it is good to have people around top of it. And I always appreciate those those little um, breakout rooms. Right. And yeah. I especially like it when we get into discussion. Do you guys find yourself in, in these rooms getting into the discussion? Do you feel it's lively or does it? I think it, it depends on when we came out of one just now, it was about uh, what's called Title IX. Um, so Title IX is a civil rights policy that was made uh, in the uh, mid-60s. Um, and it was originally to address the idea of just making sure that 
um, there was categories for gender status on cambages to be fairly treat it fairly and right. by and cabbages equity. you meant campuses right <laughs> what did i say cabbages cabbages that sound like you said I cabbages. cabbages i think i tried to I say know. college campuses yeah yeah, yeah. together you, in you one word college Here we campuses are. into cabbages yeah. but by cabbages ladies and gentlemen he means campuses oh yeah that's right campuses uh so it was you know it's it's, it's one line uh the whole policy yeah. is just one line and you know of, co of course it's kind of driven from there but they're they're doing kind of some major revisions that are going to come out this year yeah, because um, the the dilemma is defining ge defining gender, right? Yeah, in, in the policy it says sex. Sex, so um, defining sex. What is that, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so Supreme Court made a decision a couple years ago to make sure that, you know, that includes sexual identity and gender issues. Um, uh, so, you know, that's been something that schools are trying to wrestle with, make sure they have Title IX officers. So if there's a complaint, because the idea that we want campuses to be a safe environment, that where there's equitable treatment for men and women, wonder if these are wonderful rules, yeah. you know, but then it's just, it grows beyond that. And so even there's been a lot of issues. This has been kind of been a college campus thing overall, not mm. cabbages thing, um, <laughs> where people are more or less just saying, I'm offended mm. and I can no longer be in the room with this person. And I want to start a title nine investigation. Mm. And because they're a man or a woman, mm. just by that, they can appeal to, Title, Title nine. nine. So part of the regs that the regulations and the investigation to, is expensive. Oh yeah, you got to like involve coupled lawyers, with bad yeah. press. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, yeah, a, a lot of the conversation at this conference, even in the last few years, yeah, has revolved around Title Nine mm -hmm. and right. how that will impact because it has a direct correlation to Title Four, right, with regard to receiving funds. And so that's the the um, undercurrent of the conversation is how are we going to sustain our schools mm -hmm. without government assistance mm -hmm. and um that that's that's definitely something people yeah. have to be thinking through right yeah. so i think if yeah if you're listening to the podcast and you're like wow that was a lot of title nine title four <laughs> you know i but i think it goes back to what the purpose of these conferences are yeah. you know make sure that college administrators know what's happening that they're ready for the changes mm -hmm. uh that they can make an environment for a school that's safe and you know ready to go for all the things and uh, you know, Heather helps us with with that on a lot, a lot of different levels. So, yeah, yeah, we've been happy to have her for HR stuff. She helps us. So, yeah, because with respect to Title IX, one of the or, or the best approach right now is to ensure that you have the appropriate documentation mm -hmm. that is visible and easy to find that allows for any person to see your position particularly with respect to your religious value system, right. right? And if you don't, and if that is not done in a way, cause that's the thing you, you can, you can hold certain values and it can be even well known amongst your community, mm -hmm. but perhaps that community is so high context, but as a, as a school now you have an external facing um, audience that mm -hmm. is not going to be privy to your high context. Right. And so you, you have to do the work of ensuring that, um, all of the documentation is in place. And, and here we have, um, and that that documentation communicates, you know, that it right. makes sense to people yeah. that, and right. that they're aware of it. Yeah. And it's distributed yeah. equally to everybody. Yeah. And right. so, yeah. and so you have HR organizations like, like Heather's that are helping people to do that. And here at the conference, there two, two of the major partners to the ABHE would be the Alliance Defending Freedom mm -hmm. and Greg Baylor's here. And he's been doing some, um, breakout sessions. And then also, um, Heather and I sat in with Scott Fair at Brotherhood yeah. Mutual. Mm. He did a fantastic job 
Uh, and and it, it's it's a cool resource being here because they do give you your power their PowerPoint slides. Yeah, right. And yeah, you're looking at all that. But these helpful. guys, you know, like like Scott is an employment lawyer. Like yeah. that's right. that's his jam. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. So it's which they're HR's favorite people. We love yeah. employment law attorneys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know you have quite a few on your speed dial. Right. Yeah. Do you even have speed dial anymore? I guess favorites on your favorites. Bam, oh yeah, favorites. But I, uh, I, I <laughs> speed dial works for me. But right. <laughs> I, I think that sometimes when people are thinking about. Uh, colleges, especially in the Christian space, because we're ministerially driven, we we have a hard time balancing between like our our Christian mission, like our desire to make disciples, to prepare uh-huh. laborers for the harvest, mm-hmm. and, and ensure that people know the Lord, and not recognizing that even Jesus communicated that there's an inherent hostility for disciples. You're being sent out like right. sheep among wolves. Mm-hmm. In that case, there's a certain behavior. Why is serpent is a dove? What does that mean? Yeah. And, I, and I really think modernly there's a compliance consideration mm-hmm. there because yeah. there's a way in which we have to navigate exactly. with the kind of wisdom that as defenseless as we are, because we're not the kind of people that slap back, we give the other cheek. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, um, we we do have to have a strategic wisdom yes. in play. And I and I have always appreciated that about these conferences coming here the last gosh, I don't even know how many years now. Is it this what this is this our sixth year we've six, been coming yeah. here? Okay. Yeah. And I, I mean every year you you have these different breakouts where there are compliance considerations. Initially, the way they're titled, you're like, this is going to be so boring. But then you realize there will be no school to send out missionaries (laughs) or to provide Bible teachers or pastors if we don't ensure that there's this um, wisdom being implemented in our documentation. Yeah, exactly right. So yeah, we've been, uh, like Greg said, we've been coming to these conferences for uh, six years. I think that we've kind of gone through... um, I can say for at least me personally, I've kind of gone through first time I came here, I was just figuring out what this was and, and learning it. It was cool to meet people and from this different. Is your first time here. Right? It's my first, first time. time yeah, coming. So yeah, that's why Heather's first, first time. time. That's wonderful. <laughs> uh, Jen's been here three, four uh, times, yeah, something four, like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I, I think for me, you know, it's just kind of learning different schools and meeting different people and, you know, kind of seeing the good work that's being done and, um, but also a chance, to, it does give you a chance to evaluate yourself too, yeah. you know, like uh, right. to, to kind of hear, all right, that's, another school's doing that. Right. Let's think about this. And I, I think that's something I've really appreciated about these times is mm-hmm. that. Yeah, um, the network you develop because yeah. you, you do have a resource in others who are similarly situated. Yeah. Right. And can, you can benefit from yeah. what they've mm-hmm. learned. Yeah. And so even for us, we have this kind of thing that we do. We get together on, after our conferences, uh, Greg gets us together on this same spot on the porch every time mm-hmm. we kind of go through, mm-hmm. all right, what were the major takeaways? And I, I find those times like so helpful. Very mm-hmm. enriching. Um, yeah, I think yeah. so too. Cause you get to hear like, what was the thing that, you know, we have a team that has been doing this for a long time mm-hmm. and cares deeply for these students. And so, but they're hearing it through their personality and right. through the things that they're learning and yeah. the ways that God's made them. And so you do get to like see this body dynamic mm-hmm. come out even when people are like, what was your takeaway? Like, yeah. Man, that thing stood out to this person. And then we get together and coordinate yeah, those sometimes, things. Sometimes uh, we, we bring a pretty large team yes. Yeah. Yes. To, to the conference. Uh, I think the last three years, we haven't had less than a dozen, right? And right. up to like 18, 19 mm-hmm. right. in total. <laughs> uh, Dr. Dearborn even teased me the other day during lunch. He came by and he was like... Um, yeah, I just want to thank you for sponsoring our entire conference <laughs> by bringing your team. Yes. <laughs> and we gave him about it. He yeah, was it was sweet, great. But yeah. It's like, um, I, uh, the reason why I want our, our, our team to come out is, yes, uh, the compliance uh, information that mm-hmm. we learned, the the considerations with uh, like what's, 
what's trending. Like for example, Jen often we we tease. She's often attending the the racial reconciliation yeah, type like the poster courses. Poster rep for that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, but also the network that you develop. Yeah. yeah, I think also it's a great opportunity for you and your team to just focus on your college. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of uh, the smaller colleges, you you have people who are doing multiple jobs wearing multiple hats right and you're just you're you're busy in the whirlwind of the day to day and so rarely do you get to unplug from that and then just zoom out and, yeah. and ask the questions like you know where are we heading right and what's it going right. to take to get there yeah and are are we heading in the right direction or is our energy being used to go in that direction that we decided that yeah we share together as a vision yeah so there, there's there's a lot of benefit i think to having the team come here. Mm. And uh, yeah, another thing that we do is after the conference, we do our best to spend an extra day yep. and just kind of debrief all of that. And, right. Yeah. And talk about, well, and even every evening, another thing we do is we get together and just list out actionables. Yeah. Right. Like what is it that we're going to do as a result of not just the information we've received, but the just the venue we've been given right. to start thinking about stuff. Yeah, that's that, exactly. Again, yeah. we may not have had the opportunity to think about because we're so inundated with responsibility on the typical. I was curious from you guys though, um, what is, and and this is specifically for Heather and Jen, uh, what, what is a a takeaway that you think uh, people would want to hear about Um, one for the student and then one for the colleague in the the education space? Hmm. Like what's, what's a takeaway from what it is that you received here? Hmm. You first, Jen. It was a little packed, wasn't it? <laughs> it was yeah, packed. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to unpack so I can narrow it. I think I'm th- I th- probably the curveball is like thinking of it for the student. Yeah, that's right. what I'm thinking. But, you know, it's like, um, that's why we do what we do. We yeah. do it for the Lord. Yeah. And we do it for the students who are entrusting us with their time and even their resources. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I have it believing for Believing that we can get somewhere, right? And so I think I think it's always important to think about what we are taking away for our students and not just our our jobs. So what do you got? Okay, so the thing that keeps coming to mind, even when I'm speaking to people at the booth that I'm at, um, I I keep saying, you know, I'm a Bible student first. I was a Bible student before I became an HR professional. Mm -hmm. I don't even think I would have had a heart for this profession and this work had I not been a Bible student Mm -hmm. and that consideration been put into me for protecting something that's so valuable and so precious to me. Like, you know, Bible institutions, Bible colleges. These are su- these are such precious things mm-hmm. to our whole society. I mean, mm-hmm. it's keeping it functioning. Yeah, and with mm-hmm. your job, uh, if if those elements of compliance aren't kept up, it mm-hmm. really can be the end of that institution. Mm-hmm. Right. The kind of investigation that's deployed, the the kind of costs that can be so detrimental. Mm-hmm. People find themselves in. Yeah. A so really for the students, spot. study the Bible. Study the Bible first. Yeah. It is so important it'll it'll change your whole life and it's incredibly valuable mm-hmm. and i think anybody who has really va- has the people who've had the most valuable things to say the things that have stuck with me the most are people who really know that word mm-hmm. and they're really putting it out there they're really communicating with that authority that comes from knowing god's word mm-hmm. yeah. for the student i would say that and then for my colleagues i would also say <laughs> something very similar probably yeah. you know in value compliance it's 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 important because it does protect yeah yeah I think that's a, a great point. One of the issues or things that we've heard up come the last few years is various paths to expedite 
college, even if it is a Bible college, you know, so people are coming in with dual credit and they did a lot during high school. They're taking CLEP. And you know, I talked to w- one person, he was saying he has a daughter who had 60 units done by the time she showed up to college. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that's an interesting and thing. And she finished two years And later. she finished. So yeah. she was she was 20 and done with school wow. and, you know, probably going to try to go on and do some professional degree. I'm, I'm sure she's doing great. But my point is like you, someone might look at your path, Heather, and say, well, I'd like to get to where I'm going more directly mm. so that I can start doing the thing that I mm. want to do. Mm-hmm. But you're saying it's like yeah. this wasn't it's a it's a misnomer to think I went about it in like this inefficient sideways. Well, I felt like that as a thing. college student. Mm. I felt like, man, I, if I could just download everything into my brain that God wants me to know, I could really get something done. Mm. Yeah. But it was the journey that was so important. It was right. the education that was so important. Yeah. It was the people that invested into me that I knew, yeah. that the relationships that I built, the mm-hmm. trust, you know, all those things that that really meant yeah. something. Yeah. To yeah. me, every anytime I hear anything, it's a, it, I just have a big filter with scripture and and what you guys are talking about really does remind me of uh, the young guy in Matthew 19 who's who's doing well, his family's done well, and he comes up to Jesus, and he's like, I have a lot of transferable credits from my youth. <laughs> like, yes, yes. How how can I how can I inherit? You're right. Yeah. You know right. this the legacy mm-hmm. that it seems that that you're about to promote and for Jesus. He he's still he still goes back to, you know, those, those basics and is trying to teach them. And when he highlights what he lacks, it, 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 a lot of people misconceive that what he lacks is, I I don't even know how they, they, they um, rationalize it, but they often just go to the next line, Mm -hmm. sell all you have and give it to the poor. Well, what he lacked was being poor. That's weird. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. But the, the real thing that Jesus communicates is the follow me. Mm-hmm. Like what he, what he lacked was this venue right. yeah. for walking with Jesus and following him mm-hmm. without the distraction of what it was that he thought gave him identity. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think for Bible students, they're, they're it, like even in the seminar, Lori and I, um, the VP of enrollment at the Institute, just came out of one where uh, – the enrollment officer, he's he's the, the head of the enrollment management team. He kept saying EMT, and I just kept thinking um, emergency medical tech. Oh, but yeah, I was like, right? no, enrollment management. <laughs> um, he, he's, he's the head of that at Asbury Seminary. And he gave a great, um, a great talk. But one of the things he said was when he first got into it some years ago, the number one thing that um, people were looking for to go to a Christian college was a Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. He says today it's just straight up job. Mm. And he says the result of that is when they're looking at just for a job, that now makes every Christian school put into the pool of options of any school out there, mm-hmm. every school out there, because right. that's what everybody is doing. And um, if if we don't help our young people recognize that it's not about what you do, it's about who you become. Right. And who we want to become is a person in Christ. Yeah. And if you bypass that discipleship of becoming right. and just going to doing, yeah. I think it's part of the reason why we're in the mess we're in right it now. Totally is because, is. And, and and we're not helping by just encouraging. I, I think even like the, the dual enrollment thing, I, I know there's a monetizing factor to all of that that people are very interested in. Mm-hmm. But it's like, um, it, it also seems that we're just making uh, college high school part two. Right. Mm. Right. Because then, because, uh, you know, not only am, am I the president of a college, but I also am the owner of 
several businesses mm -hmm. that um, have me doing hires. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many times I've hired that graduate from that prestigious institution mm -hmm. who on paper was everything, master's right. degrees, whatever degrees they had, whatever credentials they had. And then you bring them to work and they don't, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Right. And, and it's like they, not only do they not know what they're doing, because some people would go, well, that's a given. You have to make that consideration people really learn on the job but i don't even merely mean what they're doing with respect to the job but i mean what they're doing with regard to their lives yeah. like right. what, what identity and mission and what do they value what are they mm -hmm. going off after they find themselves now secured in a position and they're still asking questions that should have been answered in their discipleship process of yeah. walking with jesus right so you know there's there's peter and, and the guys on the other side of that like man like we gave up everything. Yeah. Like what, what just happened? How can anybody experience the salvation that you're talking about? Like, mm -hmm. like, and Jesus has to remind them that it's, it's not a, it's not a healthy consideration when you think that having given up everything, it's, it was just a loss. And that's a big conversation right now in the education space. Like what's the ROI right? yeah. on my education? <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to go follow Jesus. What's the return on that investment? Well, Jesus has something to say about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm telling you, uh, for all of you who have left families and, you know, your wife or property or, or, um, land, mm. uh, they, whatever it is, it's something that in this age, and he does add with persecutions yeah. <laughs> would, would be returned to you, uh, exponentially. Right. Mm -hmm. And if we're really paying attention to Jesus and he's our Lord, we have to get that the, the ROI is not calculated on P&Ls and balance sheets that we submit to um, uh, accountants and, and the IRS. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, this this ROI is one that um, Jesus would even have to highlight is not only for this age, but even in the age to come. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And so I, I feel like as institutions, we're really, for lack of a better term here, selling ourselves short mm. when we don't highlight the um, fact that Jesus answered the question, he wanted to know how must I inherit eternal life? And at the end, Jesus is like, what you guys have done, it's for this age and the age to come. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he answered the question for his disciples mm -hmm. because what did they do? They left everything to follow him. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if students can, because these young people, man, they love the Lord, yeah. but they're also listening to a bunch of adults, right. many of which um, have definitely uh, perhaps have aspects of developmental trauma that's come about because of the great recession in 07, 08. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and so now they're thinking, man, how can my I, kid not, I do don't this? want my kid right. to go yeah. through that. And a lot of these kids coming to college, Gen Z, they're brought up in that. Yeah. And now we've got this second recession mm -hmm. that that's happening. And so it's like, no wonder everybody's like job. Yeah. Right. This is what we want. And yeah. value everything by the dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Time, everything, energy. Yeah. They're putting a dollar on everything rather than even, that's one of my criticisms in hiring. I often find it concerning when it's like, there are a lot of other benefits. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of other things happening in this, in, in a company, one of my clients or whatever, where you, you can actually make a connection. You can be invested into, they're going to care about your continued education. They're mm -hmm. going to care about creating a, a work environment that is safe, that's nurturing, that's, you know, encouraging. It's going to, when you make a mistake, they're actually going to teach you yeah. and they're going to reward that learning process. Yeah, and those those values, they, they come from people who are learning from Jesus. Right. Right. I'm sure that there are some best practice gurus out there yep. who are deploying their books and people are memorizing their seven point systems to whatever. <laughs> right. But like a biblically literate person 
you, you just hear whatever it is that the person's talking about. And for like, um, one of the things uh, the guy said, he like, liked the book in the last one. I'm, I'm trying to remember it's something about the three boxes and like the first box was, um, re related to, um, focusing on today. The second box was about letting go of strategically letting go of aspects of the past, forgetting the past. And then the third one was about like plunging forward. And I'm like, man, uh, that's Matthew six, Philippians three. Mm. And, and then gosh, any number of prophetic texts, let's just go with Isaiah 60, right? Mm -hmm. Like th th you could have already got all that right? Yeah, right? from biblical education. But sometimes I wonder, are we, are we giving the kind of biblical education that is enabling a student to feel like, okay, now that I'm done mm -hmm. and I find myself in, in the, the work field, like, do I know who I am? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I just, I, it, it's, it's a dance, right? It's a dance between compliance, those standards, yep. the yeah. expectations, uh, keeping your school alive because most schools are tuition driven. Mm -hmm. And so they do need that kind of income. And now the competition and the desire is job. I, I get the, the mix is mm -hmm. volatile, but this is where our faith comes in. Right. And everyone who does or hears these words and does them, right. They can build the kind of house that withstands, the inevitable storm where everyone who hears it and doesn't do it. Mm -hmm. And so for me as a as an institution, I think that all of us as Christian colleges have to make sure that what we're building is a result of what we've heard from Jesus. Mm. Right. We're not building as a result of what we've heard from Jesus and we're just doing it based upon what what, you know, the the, the trends are are mm -hmm. stating. There's it may work for a little bit, but there's no guarantee from God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think along with that, there's that perception that if I achieve a college degree faster or get into a job faster, that's going to translate into confidence mm. and I'm going to feel secure. And I, I think even that Matthew 19 story points I, that out too. I literally made a rule recently that says I will never hire a manager in their 20s. I just full on <laughs> age discriminate <laughs> in, in, internally. <laughs> Heather, calm down. Like, uh, but it's it, the other way. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But I, I was just, <laughs> I'm glad you know the rules. It's a bona fide job requirement. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just like, I, th this is, this, there, there's some time that's needed yeah, that's for this right. person yeah, to develop that, and to yeah. grow. And they, they, they need nurtured. I, in a conversation with one of my 20 something managers, they, uh, they looked at me and just said, I re basically said, I really want you to hold my hand. And I felt, I felt uh, so much love for them. Right. But I didn't, I, I just didn't know. I was like, I didn't know you hold managers' hands. <laughs> right. I didn't know you do that. But they're like, oh I want gosh. you to hold my hand. Yeah. So I'm like, I want to hold your hand. <laughs> But then again, it's like, yeah. I don't want to hold a manager's hand. Right. right. I'll hold this manager's you gotta hands go that because way. of grandfather did. Yeah, yeah. But in the future, exactly. I don't want to be holding, I'll hold right. your hand when you're, right. and you're uh, growing in your yeah. thing. But, yeah. Uh, which, which again, I think most, most people who go to our college are very versed in like the book of Hosea. And we get that mm -hmm. Ephraim was held up by the hands of, of God to teach him how to walk. And yeah. that nurturing element is, is there. But also when I was a child, I thought as a child, yeah. spoke as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Young people need that opportunity to grow. Right. And that, right. that was even going to be part of my, um, just my contribution in relation to advice for a student or takeaway for a student is to not try to bypass that time yeah. of maturation and not miss. God created it. Exactly. Right. And don't miss the fact that, you know, even being here at the ABHE conference, it's like these rooms are filled with adults who really care 
about what they're doing and they care about their students at their schools and they're looking to, you know, keep these values intact that, you know, at all of these ABH schools, there are people who want to invest in their students. So as a student, like look for those people, look for those opportunities. Because you're not going to find that in an institution that is not characterized by the values of Jesus. Right, right. And it's a tragedy that Christian parents aren't pushing their yeah, kids yeah. in a direction where they would be loved and cared for by people who value the values of God. Yeah. yeah. And and that 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 really has to change. That's another college yes. conversation. Right, right. Like but, the, uh, the involvement that the churches and parents yeah. need to change their value system. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because yeah. there there's no better place for that kid to keep growing. I mean I mean God let's everybody's had to ask themselves this question at some point in studying the life of Jesus. Why didn't you get started until you were 30? Yeah, right? Totally. Yeah. You are Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Right. If there was anyone on an advanced track. It'd be him. It would have been and Jesus. Then, <laughs> and then remember, he tried. He was, He's 12, yeah, right. right? He's 12. Right. Right. He's going to Jerusalem University. His mom and dad are like, what are you doing yeah. here? And he's like, I got to do my father's business. My father's a teacher. I got to go to this uh, school and learn that trade. Mm-hmm. And they're, they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. But we know that he grows in both wisdom and stature as a mm-hmm. result of submitting himself to them. And we, we see that happen by him going home. Yeah. And then, you know, there's so much more to talk about that, but the basic principle would be even the Lord yeah. didn't enter into the kind of public responsibility mm-hmm. that he had until he was, well, most developmentalists will even categorize as the beginning of your young adulthood. Right. When yeah. you turn 30, or the Greeks would call it the age of the beard. Mm-hmm. Now some some guys get their beards in <laughs> high school, but yeah. but historically apparently <laughs> right. the full beard, right. full, beard full beard, or it's not patchy. Yeah. So I I think that it's it's like um there, there's so much to talk about yeah. with respect to to the kind of changes that need to happen even in the last seminar that I was in that that was like one of the hang up points how hard it is to effectuate change mm. and that um and, and I, I've read that before change management is mm. is an incredibly challenging skill. Um, this presenter had held that it's going to take three to five years for a culture change in your organization. But, but really at that point, you're just starting to see it. Mm. And it'll probably take to 10 for it to finally solidify. Mm-hmm. And um, I, as I was listening, I was contending with the reality, this guy and his experience, mm-hmm. that's been it, that there are, there's other data to support that. Right. But I I believe that when you have a bunch of like-minded people, and I don't mean like-minded because they all read a cultural statement or right, a value or statement from the, same place, from the organization, or, yeah. but I mean like-minded people who have the mind of Christ, mm-hmm. yeah. who are now going to do like Jesus says in John 5, I only do what I see my father doing. Yeah. So their initiatives are going to be based upon things that God's wanting to yeah, do. Yeah, very right? spiritual component. Yeah, that, that, the, the, those kinds of changes can happen fast. I mean, that was the criticism that um, Jesus was even lending to Nicodemus, right? Mm-hmm. And so he he highlights it with the wind because for Nicodemus, the change was so radical, it, it was likened to him having to start all over again. Mm-hmm. Am I gonna have to go back to the womb? Yeah. And, and then Jesus is iterating that there has to be a rebirth here. Mm-hmm. Like we need a major change, mm-hmm. Yeah. all right? Like it, it, Jesus never communicates that, um, it, obviously Nicodemus was already born, Right, so it's not like you're going to be born for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is a rebirth. That's a major change, mm-hmm. and it's a traumatic transformation right. for most people to have that kind of change. And he was in his older age. It's like a, I, 
one day I'm going to be at that age. A lot of the leaders, a lot of my colleagues who are mm. presidents are the age of mm -hmm. Nicodemus, which mm -hmm. because he was an elder of the Jews, he had to have been over 60 years old. Mm -hmm. And one day when I'm that age, I'm, 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 I've been preparing myself since my 20s to remember mm -hmm. there's going to come a time where I'm going to be like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't right, want to change right. like that. Yeah. And I, and I feel like that when I have to listen to trap music, you know, and how it's uh, affected so much of hip hop, like the, yeah. like the, the 16th note, 32nd note, hi-hat sound is just like <laughs> so tough for me to digest, but I'm like, I'd like to enter the kingdom of God and this is where the kids are. <laughs> But, but the, for Nicodemus, that was hard. So Jesus was like, you know, whatever's born of flesh is flesh. Whatever's born of spirit is spirit. Mm -hmm. Like they're, 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 the, spiritual, the spiritual component keeps us, as he would say, um, like the wind. Mm -hmm. Like it goes where it wishes. You don't know where it's coming from. And that's how people are who are born of the spirit. Yeah. yeah. And so spiritual people, that, that, that means like wind can change fast. Yeah. Right. You're out there. It's like. Whoosh. Yeah. You, you don't like build your life off of the direction of that wind. Like, you know, maybe, maybe for like the, the, the moment you, you're an archer or, or mm. a golf player, but you, you're going to test it again at the next hole. Right. Or because, yeah. because the winds change. Yeah. And for Jesus, like what he was bringing in in his day and the way Nicodemus was as, as a leader, mm -hmm. Jesus was trying to teach him, you're going to have to develop some spirituality that lends itself to you being a leader of change mm. right and and th that's a spiritual exercise yeah yeah because it isn't just a bias towards innovation right you know it's no, no, it's, no. it's yeah. a insistence on spirituality mm. yeah. and maturation which is going to look innovative often mm. yeah, yeah but we're not just saying change For because the, the world's of, changing yeah. and we're going to do the next yeah. thing it's we're we're saying we're as long as we have that mind of christ mm -hmm. you know, yeah the philippians 2 thing that we're mm -hmm. going to serve one another and mm -hmm. not consider ourselves higher than we ought yeah um we're we're gonna find that we can work together yeah. to meet the needs and, and of I people think around us. Fast. And change and fast, and we can change yeah. fast, and we can adapt, and we can accommodate. Like, I mean, for for me, what what I did is I just took myself to a, a little school. You know, I started with some Drake, and then um, <laughs> just was like, okay, I'm gonna tolerate this, and you. Yeah, I like I, I. It was just oh I gotta move on, you know. I gotta find some some other guys, and I'm like juice worlding it, and I'm like, all right, I'm. This, You're committed, this is dude. Awesome. I, I hey, you should, I didn't know this. <laughs> about you. This is busting great. it out right now it's because I realize we have cameras here. Yeah, it's fine. Like, is this is this research. Now, if you're like, what are you doing? You be, you're a college president. You're entering the kingdom. That's listen. what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> little child. Until you listen to Little Rod Wave, yeah. you don't even know what's happening you don't know. in the world right now. This is education right the, here. This, this is like, get ready, kid. So first of all, you're starting to hear a little music come back, right? This has been nice. so pleasant. And it's like a little piano. Dude, why is your intro so long? That's another thing that's come back. Is yeah, long, long intros. intros. Is it yeah. so true? Seen that since the song still short though. Poor guy, you know. So a lot of themes come up. These guys stuff, you know, like lack of self worth, mm -hmm. wanting to like have some one tell him he's somebody he's seen, mm -hmm. that he's loved, and like I don't know. I'm hoping other presidents are listening to what. He's college age, right? Yeah. He's like 21 yeah. years old. I hope yeah. other presidents are 
trying to hear where these guys' hearts are, right. where they're coming from, and mm-hmm. what they want. Because like the music now, it's really emotional. Yeah, yeah, it's really it emotional, it and is. it's it, there's a lot of words speaking to their context. But again, going with the analogy of being a Nicodemus, if you already feel like your institution mm-hmm. is like established and forever, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, when when Jeremiah told them this temple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God's not going to dwell with you here. And then when Jesus is like, not one rock will be left on top of the other. Yeah. Guys he like, even says it's going to happen fast. Yeah. 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 And guys in the Sanhedrin are like, this temple's been here longer than you. Right. And <laughs> this, this, this whole thing is, you know, their, their, their ideas about permanence connected to the strength of their institution. History reveals to us that. Uh, Jeremiah was right. Mm-hmm. Jesus was right. Mm-hmm. And there's there's some uh, there should be some insecurity mm. anytime we are vesting ourselves in our evaluation of institutional strength, mm. independent of a spiritual evaluation right. of whether or not the mind of Christ is being considered in all aspects right, right. of yeah. how we function yeah that right. makes sense it is yeah, yeah. even yeah. the speaker this morning he spoke a little bit about um you know t- kind of mixing long-term planning in mm. its traditional sense mm. in favor of that wind of god that spirit of god movement and having a very adaptable culture mm. in your in your institution i just wonder like how many uh presidents and higher-ups at our schools even thought that what he said could be practiced. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure people are interested and they yeah. could hear it and they're like, yeah, but then when you get to the pragmatics, right? like how do, how do you, and especially when you're hearing it's going to take 10 years to implement a change. Right. 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 I can't even imagine what the world's going to look like 10 years from now. And, yeah. and if somebody else is, is predicting and saying it's going to look like this, it, I remember when Back to the Future 2 came out <laughs> and Michael J. Fox is riding a hoverboard skateboard, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know what year it is? 2015. In the <laughs> 80s, they imagined that in 2015, we would have hoverboard skateboards, <laughs> Yeah, right? They were like way off, right? Yeah. yeah. And so uh, with, with all that we imagine and think about looking at the future, we know that for Jesus, it's like, you know, there's enough anxiety ahead, mm-hmm. like today. Right. right. Like, w- what's going on today? Yeah. How are we pursuing the kingdom of God with mm. the priority? And how are we pursuing righteousness? And then those things we add to you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if, if, and I know that most believers, if they have a scriptural mandate or scriptural support, mm-hmm. there's an energizing element to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's their conviction. But I think when we're just throwing data at people, and highlighting trends yeah like it's 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 merely an option mm. but when you're preaching scripture and teaching scripture it turns into a mandate right you know it yeah. becomes something that's like because <laughs> many are going to come to me in that day and say lord lord did we not and he's gonna be like i don't know you you've been mm. doing it not according to the bible right? right and uh it's it's concerning that uh we collegiate institutions or having to contend with the temptations mm. associated with figuring out how to sustain our institutions yeah. um, amidst all of the the storms mm-hmm. and um, implement our our faith right at the mm-hmm. same time mm-hmm. because that 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 faith in that way it's it's risky yeah. yeah and and if it's not risky it's not faith 
Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. moved into something yeah. else. Yeah. But an institution inherently is risk averse. Right. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, it's like part of the point. Yeah, if you want <laughs> people to donate to you, yeah. find some way right. of removing all risk. <laughs> and so become something other than a Christian school. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's um, uh, so much of what we go after, I I've seen, like, if, if we're talking about we as um, educators and, and Christian schools, like in, in the plural, it seems that what we so often go after is what it is that we see as working. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if we see that it's working for them over there, we want someone from there to write a book, someone from there to do a seminar, we're going to do what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And there's really nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But whatever it is that they're doing, that they're, it's working over there, uh -huh. according to what everyone else is teaching, they started that 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, right? that's a good point. And the, the time it took for them to write that book <laughs> right. and to get it published and everything, there's a few more years in there. We're on a lag. Mm -hmm. right? And now you've got everybody else now accommodating the lag model. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But really what everyone needs to recognize is that the, the most awesome thing about serving our God is that he sees all of us. Right. Yeah. And we and all have access all of us. to him. The very numbers on our head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's like a very specific thing. He knows us yeah. and he knows what we need. Right. right. Mm -hmm. And we need to go to him and ask right. him, what do we need as our institution? I want to do what I see my father doing. What are the next steps? Yeah. Yeah. And and how do we make that happen? And and so that that, you know, you you probably heard that necessity is the mother of invention, mm -hmm. right? Like the the innovations that we want to implement, mm -hmm. it, their innovation isn't going to work for my situation, mm. right? I need I need the God who told Noah, "Hey, time to build an ark." Yeah, and he's yeah. like, then there's like been no rains like this before. What are we building? And it's he's like, I'll obey, I'll yeah. do it. Mm -hmm. And if more collegiate institutions found the freedom. Right. To mm -hmm. do that. Right. And just to serve God, because the temptation there is to serve money, mm -hmm. but to serve God mm -hmm. and, to, and, and to implement his agenda, like that, that, that faith element now being put into play, mm -hmm. pleasing God, mm -hmm. according right. to Hebrews eleven six, is now, now part of your um, components to success. Mm -hmm. It's, I think for me, whenever I think about talking about this or writing about it, like, because in your head, you start going, like, Should I write something on this? Mm -hmm. But then I always go back to it's already been written. Mm -hmm. It's called the Bible. Like, mm -hmm. like, we just got to get back to the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Make sure people understand it and teach it. it. And this goes back to the time element. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like, people need enough time to wrestle through what you're saying, mm -hmm. um, to, to consider it, to get the text in their heart. Uh, otherwise, you just start a certain way, and then it just turns into money. Yeah, the, the, the Bible can't be a stamp on what you're doing. Like, right. oh, I like this verse. Right. I'm going right. to add it to this. Yeah, yeah. The Bible has to be the the impetus. It mm -hmm. has to give the initiative. Mm -hmm. Everything else has to launch out of that word because, just like the prophet Isaiah spoke, like when that word goes out, it doesn't return void. Mm -hmm. And that concept of voidness is the same. A uh, term that's in the book of Genesis, mm -hmm. yeah, right? The chaoticness, the mm -hmm. disorder. Mm -hmm. And when God's word goes in, it's going to bring order. It's going to bring beauty. Right. It's going to bring life. Right. And so, like, there's there's this guarantee for us believers in Christ that when we implement or allow our initiatives to be birthed out of the word, that God's going to carry it forward. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm so I'm so thankful that I have a, a team mm -hmm. that. Um, has that conviction mm -hmm. yeah and it's, i'm happy to be part of the team yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's carried us a long way yeah. and i do believe that so many schools 
have just like Jen said, these yeah. amazing people. Yeah. But they themselves are going to have to assert themselves and kind right. of it'll feel like a revolution at first. Yeah. Well, and that's but that it's was, on behalf of Jesus, right? Yeah. That was even what I was thinking, you know, in regards to colleagues and and a takeaway there is just, you know, for people to consider what God's word says and then look at their own context, look at their own students, look at their own institution, and then meet with the Lord in that and really just seeking Him to find out a way forward. Mm-hmm. They can't go wrong if right. they do that. And and that in some cases, it might even mean, you know, rattling things up a little bit and going, come on, we need to get back to some basics here, some spiritual disciplines let's but for people you know in the student life realm or student development you know everybody jokes at least i've heard it a few times over the years like well everybody technically does student life um regardless of what role they're in and it's like yeah you know it kind of makes sense um but at the same time too like for those student development workers to recognize like a lot of them do have their ear and their you know feet to the ground closest with the students themselves in a lot of cases outside of faculty teaching them in the classroom Mm -hmm. like they they know what some of those needs are and if they don't they should get in there and find out what they are and and really you know start speaking on behalf of and and having conversations say hey i think we need to meet this need here or you know even looking at the music you know and hearing about what their generation is contending with and concerned with like mm-hmm. our schools can re- really be an answer to that in a lot of ways and providing venue for addressing some of those real needs Mm -hmm. and i I love everything that we're we're talking about here even in consideration of god's word it's yeah it's it's really inspiring and and uh encouraging awesome let's just do some quick closing thoughts so so just like you know a a capstone to this conversation did something stand out to you did it remind you something you want to get some words out what do you got for us yeah, I think I think for me, um, the thing I kind of go back to is is just remembering that there is always going to be change that happens f- when people follow the Lord. You mm-hmm. know, like that's that's part of what you know. Even when you're referencing John John three, that was kind of what stood out to me. And instead of just saying, "Well, this institution's been effective for so long, we'll just kind of keep it going the same way it's always been going," mm-hmm. it's not going to work the same way. We have to be responsive yeah. um, to the Lord, responsive to the needs that are around us. Uh, and that's going to mean that we have to have sacrificial lives mm-hmm. yeah, because that's going to be, like you said, you get older, and it gets harder to change. You just want to be like, I have learned a certain way mm-hmm. and I want to do it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but love is sacrifice. Um, and that's what we continue to do until until we're done you know we're not we're not done with sacrifice we, we keep moving with it yeah uh, and recognizing it's going to be the thing that helps mm-hmm. yeah, uh, this world these students mm-hmm. yeah good yeah i think i would just continue to lean into that biblical foundation like so many scriptures came up i mean and it and it was just it makes sense of everything yeah and it helps you know give context to things that that seem so undiscernible so confusing at times understanding the world that um, these students are coming up in, understanding mm. the concerns they have. But then if they have people in their lives, I remember being young and looking at um, colleges and looking for people in my life to be role models. Mm. And I was always wondering, where are the adults who are following Jesus? Mm. And I was around a lot of Christians, but I was I was looking for something else. I was so hungry for people who had conversations like this. I was so, I just wanted to be a part of something like mm. that. And I think just keeping that in mind as your the you know the your reference to Nicodemus that is a huge thing that we all need to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Like we can't count ourselves out from that. Yeah, you know yeah. we can't act like we're exempt from from that text. That text is there for us to consider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. That's great. Yeah, thank you, Heather. Yeah, I just keep thinking about you know how 
our ability to love one another, whether it's loving our coworkers, loving, you know, our colleagues, loving our students, you know, that that can be an it, it lets people know who we're associated with, with God. And it, it's that, you know, they'll know us by our love for one another. And right. I think that would be, you know, when I'm listening to the different sessions we've been in and looking at what we're doing, that's the thing that sets us apart from the rest of the world is our love for one another. But it's, mm-hmm. it's not just coming from ourselves. It's something that God's doing in us. And it's because we've received from him. And I think that if we all can like set, embrace that, you know, element of being set apart in that way and do that in all our schools and whether it's a staff meeting or a board meeting or a classroom setting or, you know, a, you know, event, a student event, like if that becomes like one of the main objectives during that time and then you're asking your question, what does it look like in this particular venue? Like we could really um, start shining a, a even brighter light than what we're already doing. And yeah. I, I, that's kind of where my mind has been going, uh, even that's in great. hearing some of the different things I've been hearing at this particular conference. Yeah. That's great. Well, want to appreciate you yeah. all for being here yeah. and for our studio audience who's out there. Uh, <laughs> I am thankful yeah. that we have this opportunity yes. at ABHE and um, Dr. Dearborn and his crew, Carol. Gosh, just wonderful yeah. people. Yeah. So wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. I know that this year's theme. I'm trying to remember. It's like Year of the Bible. Year of the or Bible. Yeah. Year of the yeah. Bible, right? Yeah. Like Love how that. appropriate even for what we're discussing right. here. Yeah. And and I, I just know that um, because as, as I was telling you guys yesterday, we were having a conversation, like I just love being a part of the Bible school movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and keeping that legacy alive that even, you know, as a, as American Bible schools, we we have this rich legacy of mm-hmm. People coming together to say the Bible's important mm-hmm. and young people need to learn it. Mm-hmm. And then when they took it out of our schools, we we created the schools where right. they could get it back. Yeah. And even though we're in an as everybody's been saying, unprecedented times mm-hmm. where there is uh, a lot of there are a lot of challenges, we know that if God's for us, who can be against us? Amen. We yeah. we we have an ace in our pocket in Christ. Right. Yeah, you know? right. Like we we are going to overcome, and we need to move forward in faith, knowing, believing, and knowing that yeah. that God's God's will is going to be done because His kingdom is coming. Mm. And Amen. As as heralds of that kingdom, it's such a privilege. Mm. Yeah, for such sure. Such a privilege. So thank you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much. Awesome. It's been fun. Appreciate it. All right. <laughs> <laughs>